0: what is up this is take it or leave it as always incredibly excited to have you here with me thank you for listening thank you for taking an hour or so out of your day to hear me ramble like i do (laughs) no i'm joking uh well no i'm not really i do ramble sometimes as i'm doing right now uh, a lot to talk about today, a lot has happened in the past week that I'd like to break down, actually a little bit that I couldn't fit in last week that kind of happened more two weeks ago um, that we'll get to later, but first, what has stolen all of our hearts for the second half of March and for the first half of April, well, first week of April, obviously March Madness, and it has concluded and we have to get updated on that first and foremost that being said let's jump into it the college basketball national championship I just kind of wrote some notes down about it it's not super organized but that's okay because I just had a few thoughts about it. my first thought and I predicted I, I, I actually I was totally wrong like 100 wrong I thought Michigan State would play Auburn I, uh, who I thought was the best team in the tournament based on just watching the tournament, Michigan State, and who was the hottest team in the tournament, Auburn. Neither one. So, you know, now, should Michigan just got beat straight up. Should Auburn have been in the national championship? Maybe. there's a missed call at the end, but guess what? Missed calls happen all the time. There was missed calls the other way, you know, that could have went in Virginia's favor and didn't get called against Auburn. It is what it is. It happened. It was a double dribble. But but no one was talking about it when it happened until after There was a few official. I mean, some people might have caught it, but I didn't even know that that was a double dribble if it bounced off your foot. I I didn't know, so I I didn't pay any mind. Whatever. It is what it is. That's it. Virginia against Texas Tech. Two of the most efficient teams in the tournament. Two very stout, stingy defenses. What does that usually mean? That usually means you're going to have two, obviously, good defenses. Two teams that are very... I don't know, I don't want to say old school. Virginia is old school. Texas Tech's not old school, but they're not exciting, really. They're not flashy. They're just system. They're going to do the. They're gonna get the job done. They're efficient. So that makes out for a really, really boring tournament. And I said it not on the show, but I said it to Easton. This is going to be the most boring tournament game ever. We were talking about where we're going to go eat to watch it because we didn't want to sit at home. We want to go get some wings. I said, it doesn't matter where we go because we're not going to have to get there early. We can go anywhere. It's going to be dead. Sure enough, we get to before Brady's, and it's dead. Completely dead. No one's there to watch the game. Because it's Texas Tech and Virginia. Who cares? And wow, did we get an exciting, exciting basketball game. Now, we didn't the whole time. The first five minutes were exactly as we all thought it would be. Boring. So boring. Through six minutes of the game, almost six minutes of the game, it was 4-3. to three. <laughs> UVA. Virginia was up four two, three, six minutes into the game. That's that's a good chunk of the first half. Four to three. And then eleven minutes into the game is when they started heating up, and we got a fantastic basketball game. We got excitement. We got uh two stars in college basketball in Culver and um DeAndre Hunter. Going at it, and and I, I will say Kyle Guy played really well. Uh, Ty Jerome played really well. Uh, Virginia just played great as a unit, as a team. And Culver, I'm not going to say he blew it because he had a fine game, but he did not. He did not take control. And and I think Hunter had a really good. I think he did a really good job of locking him down on both. Uh, not only on on defense, but. But Hunter just had a fantastic ball game, and not, and a lot of that is because Kyle Guy took some of the attention off of him, as well as Ty Jerome really managing the game well and getting him some some great open looks. So, anyways, all that being said, the game heated up with about 11 minutes, uh, 11 minutes into the game, started getting real heated back and forth. Ended with a, a normal score for the first half. About 30, I think it was 32 to 29. It's about normal for a college basketball game, and. Um, Yeah, Tech was down most of the first half, most of the second half. And then late in the game, they stormed back. I mean, it really never looked like Virginia was in trouble. Tech kind of came back early on, tied it up at 21. And then it was kind of back and forth there. Then they hit a three to end the halftime. And then they're kind of in control most of the second half. And uh, and then then Tech storms back. And it was just, it was like, oh my gosh, Tech's going to win this game. They, they go up with 35 seconds left, increase the lead to three points with 22 seconds left. So it's like, oh, they got hit a three just to go to overtime. Tech's winning this game. And what happens? DeAndre Hunter with the huge three with, I think it was 11, 12 seconds left, assisted by Ty Jerome, who again had a fantastic game managing uh, the floor and getting DeAndre Hunter the ball, Um, and then Tech kind of started strong in overtime, and then at that point on, it was just kind of, it was Virginia's game. They kind of pulled away, never really felt uncomfortable in overtime, but man, we get a fantastic overtime game for the national championship. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It overproduced what I thought it would. I thought it would be lame. I thought it would be boring. And man, it was great. Now the little debate kind of I saw around the internet was, I would still, you know, I'd still take Culver over Hunter in the draft, and and I tend to lean that way. Looking at their his entire body of work this season, I do like Culver's game a little better than Hunter's. But man, did Hunter put on a performance in the national championship that will make people think, because that guy really put on a show. He was shooting lights out. He was playing defense. And he really has a good a good sized body for the NBA. I think they're both be fine players in the NBA. Um, I still tend to lean towards Culver if I was a GM, which I am not. I would probably not be living in Palm Bay, Florida, if I was the GM of a basketball team. Unless maybe I was, you know, if I was the GM of the Orlando Magic, maybe I'd live out here, 45 hour, 45 minutes to an hour away. Might be able to do it. You never know. Depends on uh, depends on what Orlando Magic ownership thinks. I'm going to have to give them a shout-out, see if I can't get a job. (laughs) Yeah, not going to happen. Anyways, great, great championship game. Really enjoyed watching it. A lot of fun. All right. We are going to stay in the basketball kind of stratosphere. We're going to stay in that area of sports. We're just going to kind of shift over to the NBA where a lot happened this week, specifically Tuesday night, April 9th. Uh, we'll start with with uh, talking about that night. We're going to, like I said, there's a lot that happened. Three things in particular. Well, no, four, th- four things in particular. We'll start with Dwayne Wade. Uh, the day started with his tribute video made by Budweiser, which is Kind of funny because it, it. if you haven't seen it yet, watch it. I know I said last week there was a couple videos I needed to post, and I never did. I'm a liar and I'm terrible. I need to make up for that. I will post this one. I know I've shared it already, I believe, but I will. I'll I'll try to post it or share it again on at B H. If you have not seen this tribute video yet, which I'm sure everybody already has, it is a tearjerker, people. I've seen it three times. Uh, the first time I saw, oh, Tear Jerker, and I was like, uh, and I saw the beginning, and I was like, what is, what's going to, I don't really see it. Is it just going to be NBA Legends jerseys? Oh, man, did I, I uh, it got me. Then I watched it a second time, and I was like, well, I've already seen it. It's a, uh, right? <laughs> like, oh, I've already seen this. It's not going to get me this time. I know exactly what's going to come, uh, uh. No. (laughs) It got me again. And then I watched a third time with my wife. I wanted to show it to her. And this time I was like, there's no way I'm going to get. I can't see the video because there go my tear ducts again. It was was such a good video. Oh, man. Anyways, that's how the day started. And then it ends with Dirk and Dwayne both having huge nights, both dropping 30. In their last home games, so Dirk played his last game in Dallas. Uh, D. Wade played his last game in Miami. Both dropped 30. Both got the W. Um, both had fantastic moments. <laughs> Dwayne Wade had uh, the best fail and then recovery I've seen in a moment like that. Like it's this magical moment, right? It's his his last home game. The place is going wild. He is arguably the greatest athlete or in Miami ever, you could argue Dan Marino, you cannot argue LeBron James, he was there four years and out, bomb, gone, can't argue Shaq, it was at, towards the end of, later in his career, Dwayne Wade is arguably, and I don't know, I kind of lean that way, even though I'm a huge Dolphins fan, and I'm, I'm more of a football fan than I am a basketball fan, I almost lean D-Wade, I mean, he is Miami, and he just crowd surrounding him, place packed, and he goes to jump up on the table like he always does. It's his thing. And man, he eats it and just slips, falls into the computers. Um, but he catches him, he because he he calls himself out. Oh man, he said he says that's that was travis um, that was tragic. Let's try it again. And then he does it again as old men do and kind of climbed up slowly. It was it was beautiful. So then the very next night, which is last night. Dwayne Wade and Dirk again. Huge nights in both of their final games of their career. So that was Tuesday night was just their final home games. Last night, final games of their career. Dwayne Wade goes for a triple-double, 25, 11, and 10. So that's 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. And uh, Dirk, on the other side, doing his thing, 20 points and 10 rebounds. So you know, we knew these two guys would start where neither of them really started a lot in the past few months, um, if at all. And so we knew they would start for the last home game, and of course, their last game of their career. But man, they they showed that how how hard of defense was the other team playing? I don't know, but they showed that they can still ball, and it almost makes you feel like <laughs> stick around a little longer, please. But I know all good things must come to an end, and their careers have surely been good things. It's been fantastic to watch them for the past fifteen to twenty years. And uh, it's going to be sad to not see them anymore. But they have done so much for the sport. And obviously, like Dwayne Wade, I'm sure Dirk as well, so much for their communities. And so uh, super cool to see them go out that way. Staying in the NBA, obviously, uh, I said I've got a lot of NBA stuff. So get used to the NBA for a little bit. Uh, Jamal Crawford, a.k.a. J Crossover, tops MJ to become the oldest player to drop 50 in a game. 39 points, and he just dropped 51 on the Mavs and Dirk Nowinski. Now, they lost the game, but still, 18 of 30 from the field and 7 of 13 from 3. The man had the hot hand. The man was balling, and he, he, it felt like he could not miss. It was a fantastic performance by Jamal Crawford. Love watching him play stinks that he's now he's kind of at that age and in is in that point of his career where you know he can do this at any given moment like he can just go off but typically he's going to give you about 12 to 15 5-3 something like that five rebounds three assists maybe vice versa three five assists three rebounds whatever it might be Um, but still really good player obviously uh, 39 years old dropping 50 points that's that's fantastic and We can't talk NBA on this show without talking a little Luka. I know I said last week we're going to we probably can't talk about him for too much longer. I mean, they're out of the playoffs. Playoffs are starting unless he does something funny or cool. I'm not going to have a story to talk about. So every, you know, when next season starts, I'm going to be talking about him all the time. I really like Luka Doncic. But uh, what I can throw in there for this segment, I probably should have said this earlier when I was talking about Dirk, but kind of got... Like I said, it's a little unorganized. That's okay though. We're rolling with it tonight. Here we go. We're rolling with it tonight. What I had written down for Dirk or for for Luca is uh he is Dirk's biggest fan. It is so funny to watch him during those last couple of nights with Dirk playing his last home game and then his last career game and every time he made a basket, every time he did something nice, Luca is just flipping out on the sideline on the court wherever he is. Just flipping out, going wild for Dirk. Um, really awesome to watch, and I, I just love the kid, man. I love the kid. He's good at basketball, and he's like—he seems like a really good kid. We love us some Luca on this show, and you know that already. So I'm—I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop right there. Luca Doncic. Stop right there, Luca. All right, for real. Moving on. Magic Johnson has stepped down from his role with the L.A. Lakers, which is president of basketball operations, president of operations, whatever that that title is. I never—he stepped down randomly like no one knew. He called a quick little press conference and stepped down. And what was the reasoning? The gist of what I heard— Of what the reasoning is. When I listened to him talking. Was essentially this. And this is. This is not word for word. Okay. So I'm not quoting him. But this is what it sounds like. When you define it. Like what. What did he say? What does it mean? It sounds like. He is stepping down. Because he. Because he cannot do. Say. Tweet. What he wants. He can't. (laughs) Because. Because he has a job to do with the Lakers, but that job is getting in the way of his retirement, huh? That's what it feels like. Why'd you come back then? If you, why did you come back and take a role, knowing as that in that position, you have to you have to do everything. You have to do things in the front office. You have to scout. You have to meet with your players. You have to meet with your coaches. You have to meet with your training staff. You have to meet. With blah, blah 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 blah, it's it's so much. It's a very important role to any franchise: football, basketball, uh, soccer. Doesn't matter. And you're quitting because it's getting in the way of things you want to tweet. One thing specifically he mentioned was, "Man, Dwayne Wade's retiring, and I can't tweet about it." What? Oh my gosh! I might have to jump off of my little Lakers I'm not yet I'm not bailing ship I'm not I'm not going overboard yet which we got to do that segment we haven't done in a while anyways I'm not going overboard yet but I'm close to jumping off this Lakers ship because it is looking like a hot mess like possibly one of the biggest dumpster fires in sports right now not basketball in sports in LeBron he's not <laughs> no player is a bigger is a big enough fire extinguisher to put this dumpster fire out. not MJ, not LeBron, not magic. clearly he's causing he's making the fire bigger. he's like dumping gasoline on the fire it I'm, I'm close to jumping off this bandwagon this thing looks like a mess. It looks like a complete failure, but I'm gonna hold on a little longer. I kind of want to see through the middle of next season. I'm, I'm I'll probably give it to the end of next season. That's when I'll make my decision. Um, I'm gonna hold on because if they get a if they get a star, they're contenders. They get two, they could win a championship. I was saying before with LeBron, they're contenders, and with a star, another star, they could win a championship. I was wrong. I'm backing out of that. They need two stars to win a championship. They need another one to be contenders because it's LeBron and then a bunch of kids that don't know what they're doing. And then a crazed, loopy, dysfunctional, unorganized front office. So I'm close to jumping off this bandwagon. Maybe that. If they don't get a star this offseason, I might be out. I might be out. We'll see. And the last thing I want to talk about in the NBA is a little bit of fandom. I'm an Orlando Magic fan. I'm an avid Orlando Magic fan I used to watch maybe I'm a bad fan so maybe I'm not an avid Orlando Magic fan I used to watch every single game no matter what that's a lot of games to watch 82 is a lot of games and they were good so it was a little easier to watch those games probably a year or two ago I stopped watching every single game and started catching the games I, I was able to and, and the rest of the games I kind of keep up with on my phone I'll either just look at um, keep up with it through the game or I'd catch up afterwards if I didn't get to keep up with it through. So maybe I'm not an avid fan anymore. But nonetheless, I am, an, I am an Orlando Magic fan. And we have broken our our drought. I believe it was the longest drought in the NBA. And we are in the playoffs. We are the seventh seed. First time we made the playoffs since 2011. The Dwight Howard curse is over. And we will be out soon. We might go own <laughs> four against the Raptors. I did not want to see Kawhi. I would rather have seen us lose and take the eighth seed and play um the Sixers personally but we're playing the Raptors so it was nice being in the playoffs but see you next year All right we're going over to the NFL where like I said a couple weeks ago where wherever AB is whatever league it is there's stuff to talk about So we actually have two battles to talk about. There's two of them. We're going to start with A.B. against Juju Smith-Schuster. A.B. looks like a fool. He got what he wanted. He wanted out. He wanted. He got it. He's out. He went to the Raiders. The Raiders were one of the teams he wanted to be with. He got what he wanted. He He wanted a huge contract. He got it. And he deserves it. He's a fantastic talent and he's still got a few good years left. Three or four. Maybe two or three. And he's still concerned with Pittsburgh fans and past players that he's played with like Juju Smith-Schuster. So a fan decided to remind Antonio Brown that Juju Smith-Schuster won the team MVP. Debatable if A.B. or Juju should have won that MVP. They both put up Stellar numbers. A.B. had more touchdowns. Juju had more yards. And the multi-millionaire gets what he wants. Self-conscious, sensitive. Antonio Brown responds to a random fan and bashes Juju for no reason. Juju is a good kid. He's already experienced so much success in his short, tiny career he's so young and he's been nothing but gracious to Antonio Brown and supportive and Antonio is going to come out and blame the entire season the failed season losing and and he said fumbled away playoff hopes essentially is what he said that's what he's going to say about Juju Smith-Schuster really so the one that if he wasn't there you wouldn't have even been that close to the playoffs, because even with your stellar numbers, take his numbers away, you ain't close. He fumbled away the season. Okay, that's interesting, because there's also a statistic out that he fumbles a fraction of the amount that you do, that he fumbles every 150 catches or so, and you fumble every 60 catches or so. Interesting. He fumbled away the season, though. I mean, what a clown, dude. I mean, what is, when is this guy just going to... just do his thing. I don't mind the talking. I don't mind the touchdown dance. I actually really like them. I don't mind the drama so much. I mean, I wouldn't want it on my team, but I don't mind it. It's fine. It gives us something to talk about. It's funny. But this is toxic, man. Like talking about a former player who probably looks up to you because he's young. You were on his team. You're a fantastic player and he's very talented and he wants to aspire to be as successful as you. Probably looks up to you and you're going to say this about him. And, I mean, you know what that does to a young person? Like, maybe, I believe Juju is mature enough to not allow it to affect him long term, but it could. He's twenty twenty one. It could very well affect his psyche. I mean, this could stick with him, and it could affect him mentally as a player. And you're willing to do that to to a a guy you considered a friend, and he considers you a friend? It's weak. It's weak, and it's, it's lame, and Juju clapped back at him a little bit, but not harshly, just. He did. He he actually treated it very well, and 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 kind of approached the issue very well. He 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 did go back at Antonio a little bit, but nothing too harsh. And I thought it was other was fine what he said. I think he could have said much worse, and he didn't. So good for Juju again. I think he's a little bit too mature for this situation, and too mature for Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is less mature. He's about ten years older, less mature than Juju Smith Schuster. So. I think this makes him look like a clown. I I hope that I don't I hate hoping failure on people, but I I kind of hope this drama pours into his success and kind of waters it down. Because of the fact that it's he he's already poured into other people's and or is at least trying to pour into that Steelers organization their success from here on out, Juju's future success and try to water that down from here on out. And I, I hope it backfires. I love to see a B just have a really down year, and uh, maybe he matures and comes back from it and has a has a continues to have a great career. Fine, but I hope I hope he learns his lesson this year. And I think the only way to do that is production. I, th- I think his production's got to be bad. So I don't know. It just makes me so angry. I hope Juju, the league, in receiving receptions and receiving yards. And Antonio Brown's like twenty third, <laughs> low twenty or low twenties, mid thirties, like just. <laughs> He just drops off. Uh, that story made me so mad. It was just so silly. I just love Juju so much. He's just he's such a cool player, he's a cool person. I can't wait to watch him play. I hope he tears it up. All right. Our next battle in one corner. You know him to be possibly the greatest arm talent we've ever seen in the NFL. Some say passive aggressive. Some say too sensitive. His family would agree. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers. In the other corner. You know him to be. Kind of have a career because of Aaron Rodgers. Not too bright as a football guy. But hey. He's got Aaron. Mike McCarthy. So there's an article out. This is what I couldn't talk about last week. I didn't have time. Article out. Some say, well, you know, because kind of the whole McCarthy-Aaron Rodgers divorce kind of went down with with more negative towards Aaron than McCarthy. So an article was written, basically this article said, yep, Aaron Rodgers, a lot to blame. He's he, He's hard to work with. But don't let McCarthy get off the hook without a lot of the blame. He's just as bad, just as much of the issue, just as much of a problem. Essentially what it said. So it, it did not come to Aaron Rodgers' defense whatsoever. Probably made it a little worse on Aaron Rodgers. However, it put a lot of blame on McCarthy. So while I was reading it, I took some notes. I wanted to kind of look at some of my notes, look back at them, discuss them a little bit. Uh, on Aaron Rodgers' side, reading that, because it was kind of split up that way. It was kind of talking about, the situation. Then it talked about Aaron Rodgers. Then it talked about Mike McCarthy. Then it talked about Ted Thompson. So on, so on. So on Aaron Rodgers' side. Some of the notes I took. Uh, no, uh, I read. There was a quote that basically said, "No one holds a grudge like Aaron Rodgers. No one in sports holds a grudge like Aaron Rodgers. So he holds grudges. I don't know many all-time great players that do that because there's one. There, there's a difference in having a chip on your shoulder and kind of remembering where you come from and kind of remembering stuff like that. Like like Tom Brady. Being drafted late. You know, and then there's another thing to hold a grudge. It's like grudge is more petty. It's like a grudge is something you hold on to even when you've overcome it, essentially. Chip on the shoulder is something that kind of gives you fuel and keeps pushing and keeps pushing you. Now, Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers when they drafted Alex Smith. Okay? So that is that's the grudge he held against McCarthy originally. Because if you remember, Alex Smith was drafted, drafted number one overall. Aaron Rodgers slipped to the 20s. I believe he was 23, something like that, somewhere in there. I, I, don't, I don't remember the number. He slipped, and part of the reason was because Mark, Mike McCarthy openly said Alex Smith is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers never let that go. So there's one note I have on it, on the situation. Held that against McCarthy the whole time from day one. Another is that Aaron Rodgers said that Mike McCarthy has the lowest IQ of any coach. He had ever worked with shots fired. Is he wrong? It didn't seem like a lot of people came to McCarthy's defense on that statement. So he might be right. He might not be. He might kind of be a dunce of a coach, but still to say that and that he said that while McCarthy was the coach yikes. Dozens of players and front office personnel in this article, attest that Rogers was arrogant and unwilling to take any blame. There's not a single leader that does that. Someone that comes to mind is Andrew Luck, who does it too much. He takes the blame always. Even in those years when he was getting sacked more than any quarterback in the league, he would take the blame on interceptions, on fumbles, on losses, because he's getting beat up 60 sacks a year, and he's taking the blame, and he's shielding his offensive line. He does a little too much, but still, that's what leaders do. Leaders take the blame. A lot of people, dozens of players and personnel, say Rodgers never took the blame. He would blame everybody first before he blamed himself. Rodgers, it's said, and again, this is from dozens of players and personnel, drew up plays in the huddle, including the throw to Jared Cook in 2017 in the playoffs, which led them to a win. I believe it was against the Cowboys. That's wild. So that's something that's, on one end, it's cool because it's like, wow, he's that good. He can just come into the cuddle, say, you do this, you do this, I'm going to do this. He even told the guard, or no, it was an uncovered tackle that he he knew, okay, you're allowed to you're allowed to run with me, run with me to set up a block over here. I'm going to draw the linebacker, I'm going to draw the safety, in. I'm going to hit Jared Cook. Did exactly how he said it was going to be done. That's fantastic. But then it's like, man, you went against your coach's play, which I don't think I wrote this down as a no, I should have. It was said that he went against McCarthy's play call and changed the play call over a third of the time. Huh? <laughs> it's. I feel like a fourth would be bad. Like quarterbacks have the ability to do that, and I'm sure plenty of quarterbacks do it a lot. But a third of the plays. Goodness, that's if you if your offense runs 60 plays, it's 20 of them. Golly. Uh, another uh, more player said he's as passive aggressive as you can possibly be as a human being let's think of uh how other fantastic all-time talents specifically quarterbacks let's let's go go with the one they compare him with oh it's always Brady against Rodgers right Rodgers the greatest arm talent of all time but Brady's the goat because he has the rings and but Rodgers is better than him okay well let's look at a leadership standpoint standpoint they're complete opposite Aaron Rodgers is passive aggressive he'll make snarky comments blah 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 uh, what does Tom Brady do? Uh he chews you out in front of everybody. He he's in your face, chews you out in front of everybody. No passive aggression there, just straight up passion and aggression. And that's and that's why his players, coaches, love him so much. That's why his teammates and coaches love him so much, and that's why he has that team doing exactly what they need to do. That's why that's part of the reason they're so disciplined. Because not only is Bill Belichick disciplined, but Tom Brady's gonna be on your butt as well. Aaron Rodgers, nope. Tucks it down inside, doesn't say a word. And when he does, it's passive. It's very aggressive. That's why they call it passive aggressive. Very passive aggressive. Uh, told Carlos, so there was a game where Carlos Rogers, I'm pretty sure the article just said Carlos Rogers. I'm pretty sure it's Carlos Rogers Um, Same same guy, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure it's Carlos Rogers Um Greg Jennings and, and Carlos Rogers camardi were talking. In between, probably a, a commercial timeout, and Carlos Rogers cromartie asked Greg Jennings, why are you running so many short routes? Joking. Ha, ha, ha. And Greg Jennings says, you know, it's a contract year, so take that take that with a grain of salt. So <laughs> whatever that means. And uh, Aaron Rodgers overheard, and he comes over, and he sa- "He says to Carlos Rogers cromartie yeah, you guys should try to get him this year at the end of the season, and walks away. Now, Greg Jennings said he's pretty sure he was joking, not 100% sure, but even if he was, Are you kidding me? You don't joke about that. That's your teammate. Not only your teammate, that's your number one target for four years in a row. And you tell him, you tell another team, you should come get him. He's a great player. Then, on top of that, after that season, he never once asked Greg Jennings to stay. Never texted him, never called him, never met with him. Greg Jennings and him and Aaron Rodgers compiled. 4,600 yards together, 34 touchdowns from 2008 to 2011. That's, that's that's four seasons. You know what I mean? You're not even gonna ask this guy to hey, let's 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 work some out. Let's let's keep you here. You've bailed me out sometimes. I know you know you're a great wide receiver. I'm a good quarterback. I'm a great quarterback. You you can say it. that's fine. Be confident. I'm a great quarterback. You're a great receiver. We've had a lot of success together. Let's get you to stay here. Let's figure something out. Not once. A lot of other players and personnel have said he's entitled. He's entitled. He he knows he's good. He he he's good and he knows it. And he expects to be given the respect without ever showing it or earning it to other, or never showing it to others and earning it himself. He put young players in the doghouse. This is this is I'm just going through this list of notes, things that jumped out. Put young players in the doghouse. What I learned from that is what that meant was young players that would come in. If they made the slightest mistake, he would dog them. He would and people would, and he's the leader, so people would follow him in doing this. And then he would not throw them the football. He wouldn't give them another chance. It's like, dude, specific all wide receivers. If they make a mistake, you got to go back to them almost immediately. You got to build that trust. And you got to show them I trust you and I believe in you. Especially these young ones. And what he did, the opposite. They made a mistake. Done. And it basically said, once you're in the doghouse, you ain't getting out. That's it. You're in Aaron Rodgers' doghouse, say goodbye to your stats. They're gone. He is overly sensitive, was mentioned a lot in this article. A lot. It didn't say, at one point someone said, oh, is he sensitive? No, 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 he's not sensitive. He is extremely sensitive. To the point that um, he gets angry at players When they talk to certain players on other teams, so for one, one story again, Greg Jennings, who played with Brett Favre, has a relationship with Brett Favre. When Brett Favre went to the Vikings, he was talking to Brett Favre before a game, pregame, and Aaron Rodgers says, "Why you got to do that? Are you kidding me?" He gets mad at him for talking to someone he has a relationship with because Brett Favre makes him uncomfortable because he came, he was the quarter, he was the guy in Green Bay before him. So he didn't want Greg Jennings talking to him, and the same was said about other players. I mean, it's just unreal how sensitive he was. He would get mad at you and offended for talking to somebody. <laughs> like how how self conscious can you be? Like I get if he's self conscious, but deal with it a little better, man. I mean, you're you you are quite possibly truly the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, and you're that self conscious? Yikes. Okay. And then Greg Jennings said, him and the other receivers and multiple receivers and tight ends that that have played with Aaron Rodgers, just look over at Tom Brady and the relationship he has with Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski and Danny Amendola, even Randy Moss. I mean, all these, and then players from the past, Deion Branch, and they're just like, I want. Literally, he said, we've we've talked and said we want that. We wish we had that with Aaron Rodgers. He said they have no relationship outside of the sport, off the field. You don't see him. No relationship whatsoever. Tom Brady, they're they're like family over there, and I, I hate to sound like I'm always praising Tom Brady. Lord knows I can't stand the Patriots, but but man, he does. He just seems to do it right. He's got these great relationships with everybody he plays with. Aaron Rodgers has none. And I and I know it's it's a sensitive topic talking about him and his kind of uh, cut cut off from his family. That the kind of the, the issues they have there, but but. It's got to be thought of. Like, not only can he not make a relationship with his teammates, he, he struggles to maintain a relationship with his family. I mean, and it's kind of going along the same reasons because he's sensitive and, and self-conscious. It's just, ah, it just stinks to see because he's such a fantastic talent. He's so good and has been for so long. And um, the last, what, what kind of goes along those lines, the last note I had is when he cuts you out, you're out. When he cuts you off, cuts you out you're out and kind of what they mentioned that was kind of the family thing how they had issues then back in 2014 2015 something like that it showed like he was with them for the holidays and it was like oh everything's better with his family now not not quite kind of they're they're kind of still cut off right now so i mean it looked like it got better but it's not i don't know he's just got some issues going on and it's it's tarnishing his it's definitely tarnishing his legacy in my opinion I mean, I think it's part of what has held him back from winning more titles. I mean, because a talent of that caliber, he should have four or five. Anyways, moving on to what I read about McCarthy. Um, Same players. I mean, this article is all kind of the same people pouring into it, the same sources. And they believe that McCarthy quit on his team and ran too simple of a scheme with the same routes as far as the passing game goes for many for, for the whole time he was there never changed a thing because he had it in his mind I'm the man we are good because of my scheme why would I change it when in reality they were good because it was a simple scheme that Rodgers could do with what he wanted they were that good because Rodgers is just that good so people believed he just quit on his team towards especially towards the end and never was willing to change, was never willing to evolve his offense to what the league requires now. He It was said that he missed the final prep meetings on, on many Saturdays to get massages in his office. It actually said he snuck one of the team trainers up to his office through back stairwell when they were supposed to be having a final prep meeting on Saturday night. He's getting a massage up in his office. Okay, players found out about that, didn't like he so much. don't no like he. Didn't sound very good to them. <laughs> so he got assistants running his meetings. He loved to anoint himself, like I said earlier. Loved to anoint himself QB guru and master for his time with not only Aaron Rodgers, but Joe Montana. Okay, okay, two of the probably top three that we would consider, you know, top three of all time, Tom Brady, Joe Montana. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, probably, okay. Oh wait. Um, he worked with Joe Montana in KC, Kansas City after his fantastic absurd career with the 49ers. Oh um, yep yeah, uh, uh, okay McCarthy yep yeah, you're, you're a you're something. <laughs> yes eh, we know that much. you are something. He rotated his assistant coaches annually so every year he wanted to rotate his assistant coaches to get them more experience in different positions to prepare them for the future instead it backfired and it often resulted in players knowing more than their coaches in their position like that's that doesn't even make sense to me like you're gonna okay you're running backs coach yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you know running backs yes yes coach okay uh you're gonna be running backs this year perfect uh, that makes sense uh next year comes around uh yeah running backs coach did it for a year did pretty well yeah yeah I mean it's what I know uh you're gonna be dB's Now, I'm sure it wasn't to that extreme. It was probably running backs to tight ends or wide receivers. But it's still like, uh, what? (laughs) Really? Um, Okay. Uh, Okay. So, I never really had a good uh, assistant staff to help out. That is until Alex Van Pelt, really good quarterback coach, who Aaron Rodgers really liked. Finally, Aaron Rodgers gets someone he really, really liked. Yeah, McCarthy didn't keep him around. Didn't offer him anything because he felt threatened by Alex Van Pelt. Felt threatened by a QB coach who his potentially greatest quarterback of all time, quarterback, really liked. Sounds like sounds like a, a, some steps for success there. McCarthy, okay. Yeah, I like it, like it, like it, like, I like it a lot. Uh, he often calls himself a tough guy. We call himself a tough guy because he's, he's Pittsburgh tough. That's how they kind of described him when they, when they hired him back in the day. Pittsburgh tough. But it was found that he was not. There was no consequences for players, hardly ever. If they ever did anything wrong, missed this, missed that. Hardly ever were there consequences, and he created a soft culture, specifically on defense, where many defensive players say he didn't give a rip about, didn't care about defense. Defense would kick the offense's, you know what, and he wouldn't say anything about it. Wouldn't care, no praise. Which I don't care, you know, if, if that's just your coach style, okay. But it was the opposite for the for the offense. When they were doing well, all about the offense. Top of that, I mean, this, and this one might seem small, but it matters. Apparently the defense never got to stay on their field for little scrimmages for when they went offense and defense. They always had to run to the offensive side of the field. They always had to sprint to the offensive side of the field. He never, ever allowed the offense to go to them. Again, small thing. But it matters. It says something to your defense. No respect. So McCarthy is not... He is not innocent. And then we have to jump over to Ted Thompson. Who was their GM. And was another huge part of the reason they were not very good. So I don't believe McCarthy to be a terrible coach. I don't believe him to be a very good coach. I don't think he's terrible, but he's not very good. And obviously Aaron Rodgers is possibly the greatest quarterback we've ever seen as far as skill goes. So why the heck did they get in this rut of, you know, the only one won Super Bowl? Well, that's Ted Thompson. He would get rid of, especially lately, he would get rid of great core players to save money and load the roster up with, with these cheap, young rookie players. And his thoughts were, that, you know, we have Aaron Rodgers and we're, we're, so, we're such a good team, such a good scheme, kind of the same delusion that Mike McCarthy had that doesn't matter who we got. We can be like the Patriots, but with young players. We'll save money, bring in these no-name young players, and we'll just we'll just go, we'll ball out. And guess what? The scary part is they were still decent. They, they never had, until the last two years where they've had, you know, two losing seasons in a row, they've never been bad. They've always kind of been in contention. But could you imagine if they had a good GM getting good players? like they do now, it's going to be interesting. I don't know I don't know if Matt LaFleur is going to be a good coach. But I know they're going to be better because there's going to be a better culture there. Their GM's already getting really good players on defense. The defense is going to be different. It will not be soft. And I believe that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers should get along. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make it a little tough on Matt LaFleur. But if Matt LaFleur can hold in there and, and stick it out, this might work. But we'll see. Aaron's response to all of this was that it was a smear campaign and he called everybody in this irrelevant and unimportant. That's an issue. That goes back to his sensitivity because you can't just do that. You can't just say every – because not everybody in this is irrelevant. There's some pretty good players in there, Greg Jennings being one of them. He was a very good receiver for you for many years, for, for four solid years. And Jermichael Finley, your best tight end for four years, I mean, if they say something, if and if most, if a lot of these people that are pouring into this article are agreeing, you can't point at the group of twelve and say there's something wrong with y'all. You gotta point at yourself eventually and say, okay, I messed up. He didn't. So we'll see. Like I said, if he makes it too hard on Matt Lafleur, this ain't gonna work. But if they can get along, this new thing might work. We'll see what happens. All eyes will be on Aaron Rodgers, and the ball is going to be in his court. It's going to be his decision. He's either going to be the and I think this is how the end the the article kind of ended and I loved it. He's either going to be the main component to the solution or he's going to continue to be the problem. The choice is his and we'll see what he decides. Come around November, we'll probably know. All right, we're going into our last segment of the day. We're gonna do another Twitter certified. So just quick preface. I know we did this last week. I was going back through some of the segments we were trying to do. You know, oh new segment, new segment. We've only really done most of them once, maybe a couple of them twice. I don't like a lot of them. They don't stick. They don't have a good ring. I'm I'm gonna junk a few of them. I really like Twitter certified. I love Would You Rather. That's always fun. It's, but can't we can only do that with Somebody else sitting across from me. and We don't have that today. Um, and there was one more I kept. I believe it was on board and overboard, which I do like that segment. Um, we'll we'll bring that one back out. But but for now, I mean, if it feels right, I, this Twitter certified is good. It's fun. It's got a catchy ring to it, and it's and it's just really easy to do because I I just look through Twitter, grab some some trending topics, and give a little little bit of my thoughts on it. So uh, here we go. Twitter certified. First one, Leonard Fournette arrested. All right, it's not that big a deal, but it is because he's been having some issues as a player now. The arrest itself wasn't that big a deal. He did not pay a traffic ticket, and so he was right. He got stopped, and he was arrested. So really, the, the reason is is not that big a deal. He's going to get taken care of like like that. It's going to be taken care of. However, it's starting to seem like he's got issue after issue after issue. On top of that, he's injury-prone. So we'll see what happens with Leonard Fournette with the Jaguars. I like what a good friend of mine, shout out to my man uh, Ethan Cador. He said on Twitter, I, be- I believe it was you that said I was reading something that you were talking about it, and he said, you know, it, it, he might have to be an All-Pro player this year for him to continue with the Jaguars because if he doesn't produce a really good season this year, I don't know if if the if what they're kind of putting into him is worth the outcome because he's not he hasn't given he's a good player when he's healthy but there's a lot of baggage right now. Specifically, you know, there's off-the-field baggage and then there's injury baggage. So we'll see what happens with him. Next up, this one I read right before starting tonight and I'm so stoked about it. I'm probably going to do it right now. Um, After this, this is over. PlayStation users can now change their PSN. That's their PlayStation... Actually, I don't know what the N stands for. Probably name, I guess. PlayStation name? PlayStation network? That's what I thought it stood for. But anyways, that's awesome because I've been wanting to forever. When I made my name... I was the lamo that included my real name in the name. I didn't know you were supposed to have a name without your real name. And so now I've always wanted to be like, oh, I want to change my name. So uh, that's pretty cool. That's been a long time. You, you've never been able to do that. And they finally changed that. That's pretty cool. I, th- I think you could have changed it back in th- thought. You could change it, but you had to pay money. It's like it's only like 20 bucks, but it's like, what the heck? So uh, we'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be exploring that a little more. That's pretty cool. Uh, basketball robot makes half-court shot in Japan. It's over. It's over. Sports are over for human beings. Basketball robots are now sinking uh, 50-footers from the half court. Uh, I believe that's a 50-footer or something like that, somewhere in that range. Uh, It's over. We're going to be watching either robots play basketball in mm, three years, and Steph Curry is going to be irrelevant. Um, no one's going to watch Luka Doncic. I feel, uh, rest in peace, love him. Uh, wish Wish he could have the career that we all know he can have, but robots are taking over. It's over. They're going to be playing or, or what would it be even be, it would be even better is if they made like suits that like players get in and like the robot <laughs> like plays, like what's that Pacific Rim or something like that movie where they're just like fighting or, or like the old school, like Transformers cartoon where they actually like were inside the, the robot. Yeah. Like that, but like basketball, but probably not. It's probably just gonna be robots playing against robots. And then, so that's gonna be in like three or four years. Then, in about five to ten years, um, robots will be running the government, and everything will just be some type of like human, human race that is like serving these robots. So, um, I, I guess our society has not watched uh, iRobot, and they don't know what happened. I guess humans won in that movie, but but that's because there was one good robot. So we got to really bank on the fact that there's gonna be one really good robot. Sunny, really like that movie actually. <laughs> It's over, dude. Robots are. Oh, it's over. My basketball career has ended before it began. <laughs> All right, Secret Life of Pets two is coming out. Not super excited about this. Like the movie itself was fine, like the first one, but it, I I believe like if your if your previews you know months before the movie comes out if your trailers are better than the movie that you're then you're not like a good movie. You could have been if you were to just shut up. And not showing us those good trailers, but uh, you're not because now we saw all the good stuff in the trailers, and I thought that was Secret Lights, uh, Secret Life of Pets. I thought like the previews were like so funny, and then the movie was like it was good. It was like heartwarming. It was nice. I I, I did like it. Like I give it a, you know, I give it an eight, maybe seven, seven and a half. But, like, it could have been, like, an eight and a half or a nine if they wouldn't have shown me the trailer if I just hadn't seen the trailer. But, like, stop movies and producers and directors, stop putting your best stuff in trailers. I know you want to grab, but, like, put your, like, second best stuff. Like, put your B stuff. Like, this is really good in the movie, but, like, I'm not going to give you our best. Like, give us your, your like, your backup stuff. Because it's really only happened to me, like, a handful of times where I've seen a movie that the previews were better for, in my opinion. But... Like I'm sick of it happening. I'm like, just, just let us see the good stuff in the movie. So stop. I'll probably watch Secret Life of Pets, but or Secret Life of Pets two, but not in the theaters. Come out on whatever DVD, Blu-ray, whatever the kids are watching now, and I'll watch it there. Chiefs fan faces up to a year in jail for shining laser in TB twelve. That is Tom Brady Uh, apostrophe. so Tom Brady's face. Let me read that again because. I'm an idiot. Chiefs fan faces up to a year in jail for shining laser in Tom Brady's face. So remember in the playoffs, I believe it was the playoffs. Yes, it was the playoffs where you see like the green laser shining in Tom Brady's face. That guy got caught. That guy faces a year in jail. That guy's lucky because I think it's like a federal offense and you can go to jail for a very long time if you do it to a pilot, like a plane. And Tom Brady is technically a pilot of... A, an extremely efficient franchise known as the, pa- the New England Patriots. So he got off easy for a year, or if he faces that year, or if he actually serves that year. So he should consider himself lucky. He should do it with a smile on his face for 365 days instead of spending like 10 or 15 years for shining a light in the pilot that is Tom Brady's face. Um, <laughs> so he's lucky I'm not the judge because that would have been like, yeah, 15 years. Sorry, dude. But you can take the laser with you. Have fun. (laughs) Cops respond to a burglary call in Oregon. If it ends there, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens probably a thousand times a day, right? In Oregon. I mean, I don't know how many times cops are called in a specific state, but okay. No, no, no. There's more. Cops respond to a burglary call in Oregon to find a trapped Roomba. So I'm thinking when I first read this like, oh my gosh, Roomba's can call the police like cuz you know some Roomba's like alert your phone. Oh, you can name it like a uh, Bill or no, what's a funny name? Like Brian. Let's name our Roomba Brian. It's like Brian is stuck under your couch and it's like, "Okay. Uh, I got to get home and get Brian." Brian no. But it's just your it's just your robot vacuum. Again, robots taking over. No, it wasn't a Roomba stuck that call. So, yeah, so then I'm thinking, like, okay, the Roomba called the cops to come help it, get unstuck. But, no, a woman is in her home, and somehow this Roomba gets locked in the bathroom, and it's just moving around the bathroom, banging around. And she thinks a dude or, or a woman, doesn't matter who, she thinks a burglar is in her house rummaging through her bathroom. And so she calls the cops, and they literally surround the house, canine units, the whole nine, um, yell at the door, come out, give it, and they're like, we gave it optimal time to open the door, and uh, <laughs> they end up breaking the door down, and it's a freaking robo-vac. Oh, my gosh. I've seen it all. So now, not only are robots taking the spotlight from basketball players making half-court shots look easy, but they're taking the spotlight from burglars and making that look easy. I can <laughs> uh, Burglars are going to be out of the job in about, I'll, I'll give them like four years. Robovacs are taking over. <laughs> so the burglars are going to get robbed by the RoboVax. They're they're taking your jobs. Sorry. All right, last one. You know, there's been a lot of shenanigans, a lot of stupid stuff. I think it's hilarious. This last one's awesome. It's National Pets Day. So go, if you've got a, a good doggo, go give him a boop on the nose. Give him a hug. Roll around in the mud with him. Give him a treat. I got to go get my dog. She she was in trouble when I got home. She did she ate my gummy worms, gummy bears. And so I was upset. So I swatted her butt and put her in the cage. Now I got to go get her. Um, well, she's probably out now because Easton's home. But poor doggo. I didn't know it was National Pets Day. I said, "Here, Have all the gummy bears you want, Bailey. Okay. National Pet Days. Pet your doggos. I love your horses. Horses, pets. Anyways, what other pets? Bunny rabbits, your lizards, your fish, and uh get rid of your cat. So happy National Pets Day. <laughs> uh love on your animals. They're they're good and they're truly pure. So love on them. That's all we got for Twitter certified. Uh, what was my I remember I got that that theme music for it? Tweet tweet. There it goes. All right. That's all I got for today. It has been a blast hanging with you. I've got nothing else. You can take it or leave it. Please leave it on at TakeItLeaveItBH. Twitter, Instagram. Leave us some mail. Any questions, comments, concerns, love, hate, we will respond to it. Uh, Really would love to start doing a mailbag, but really don't feel like we're quite at enough uh, kind of responses to get a mailbag going because... How many mailbags can you get for a segment with uh, zero responses? So, yeah, uh, get some more in there, and it, it'll be great to, to do. Uh, I love you guys. Have a great week. Talk to you next Thursday, Friday-ish. Peace.